you are in the perfect place at the divine time to be touched by a horse. Here's your hosts, Melissa Pierce and Dane Cheek. Hey, everybody, it's Melissa. And today, Dane is off doing something fun. And I'm here doing something fun with my good friend, Christina Stinchcomb. Christina, thanks so much for joining me for an interview. Thank you so much for having me, Melissa. This is very fun. Yeah, very fun. So Christina is a graduate of our equine gestalt coaching program. And gosh, we go back a few years. And when you started, I was still living in the Boulder area and you are still living in the Boulder area and not so much today. I've moved down south of Denver to a town called Elizabeth and we've been there, gosh, since 2015. And what year did you move east? We moved east in 2015 as well in November. Yeah. And we, I, the first time that I met you was in 2011 and then I started the program in 2012. Nice. At the time that you were living, and I remember going to your wonderful place in Boulder, and your husband, I think, was from the East Coast, and you weren't so sure about it. Then you went and looked, and you fell in love with where you are. So set the setting of going there, seeing this place, finding this farm that you've developed so beautifully. Well, I first moved to Boulder in 1990. Bart had moved to Boulder in 78 or 79. So when we were looking at our move, we we had been up on Sugarloaf up at 8,000 feet in the mountains for most of those 25 years that I was there. And it was a phenomenal place to raise a family and to live and have horses and do all that. And we absolutely loved it. And as I started to do some more work with the horses. I did not have a, a covered anything. <laughs> and the elements were intense and they could be wonderful. And it was also kind of limiting. So I started to look at coming down off of the elevation and trying to find something on the front range. And it was really difficult to find something that we liked and, you know, that was in our price range. And with so much development in Colorado, you know, we, it was tricky. So we expanded our search and Bart had grown up in Annapolis, Maryland. And I had actually grown up myself mostly in New England and my, I had some family in Maryland as well. So it was a place that was home for Bart. It had been somewhat of a home for me because I had a lot of moves as a kid and a lot of disconnects. So Maryland was kind of one of the constants. So when we decided to, you know, we were on realtor.com, you know, all the time just looking for things. And we said, let's look and see what we might be able to find in the, you know, somewhere around Annapolis. There's beautiful horse properties there. And so we put in a search for like a 50 mile radius and this little farm in Chestertown came up and I just, my jaw dropped. I was like, what? This is in our price range. It's 17 some acres. There's a barn. There's an indoor arena. The house is lovely. It's not too small. It's not too big. And it's green. You and I live in Browntown, Colorado. It's It's super green. (laughs) Yes. And there's water. It's just lovely. And Chestertown is this really cool little destination gem. There's a small college here. There's a river. There's a lot of art in this community. There's a lot of retired people and a lot of farmers. It's a very agricultural area. A lot of people who've been here for generations, people who have farms that were, you know, grants from the king. (laughs) 
before America was even America. <laughs> I just remember because I was looking around for the place we were going to move to and you were looking around for the place you were and your place up up on Sugarloaf was so nice. But of course, Boulder's very mm-hmm. windy. I mean, nationally, it's for being very windy and horses and wind are not the easiest combination. Yeah. Right. But I do remember that and you were looking all around and you were just not sure, you know, just kind of like, Oh, do we want to make this big move clear across the United States? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. And the moment you found that your heart said, Oh, I'm so sure. Yeah. And <laughs> it, it took almost two years for it to come together. In fact, the first time we decided, yeah, let's do it. Let's take this leap and put our house on the market and we put in an offer and it was contingent on our selling our house. And I thought, no problem, you know, and we, we didn't, we didn't get an offer in those first three months. And I think, you know, I probably priced it too high or whatever. It wasn't the right time. The stars <laughs> hadn't aligned. Scarlett was still in, had another year of school. And so it wasn't the right time. And, and so after the three months of our offer contract, you know, expired, I kind of had a feeling of, uh, I kind of chickened out. I kind of changed my mind and I said, no, you know, I don't think it's right. I'm not sure it's the place I want, you know, and I, I kind of had that recoil and Bart was the one who always, who held on to this. It became the proverbial, like, let's, let's just move to the farm. <laughs> but, and it was, it was a year later that we revisited and, and came out here and the owner's um, had invited Bart to come by. Actually, I was on a trip to Ireland and he came to Maryland to visit his brother and go to the beach and stuff. And he stopped by to say hi to the owners. And they were like, you know, we can see how much you love this place. Why don't you and Christina come out and spend a weekend here? We'll we'll stay at our friend's house and you guys can really get to see. How nice. You That's really smart of them. Yeah. 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 So we did. And then we said, you know what, let's let's try again. And so we went, we went home and we put our house back on the market after we had kind of fixed it up a little bit. (laughs) And then we got an offer right away and then it came together. So that's unusual that people will do that to say, we'll move out, let you move, try it on, right? Yeah. We got to look in all the nooks and crannies and (laughs) it was great. It was great. So the name of your farm is Airy Hill Stables. Did it come with that name or did you rename it? It did come with that name. And we're on Airy Hill Road. And our phone number is 778 Airy, <laughs> A-I-R-Y. You know, so there were just, and I liked it. It just resonated with me. So we kept it. Windy Hill to Airy Hill. <laughs> right. And we do like our breeze, especially yeah. in the summer. But yeah. it is nothing like the gusts that we used to get up there on oh, Jarlow. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. For sure. Well, I've only seen photographs, but it is beautiful, and it looks well, I can't really wait. inviting and very mm-hmm. I don't know, just homey and and inviting and wonderful. So I hope people will go see your website. You have a lot of pictures on there. Airyhillsstable.com is how you can find Christina, and she is multi competent, as you'll hear in this interview, and lots of reasons why you may want to reach out to her, especially if you live back in that area. But even so, great place to go visit. No kidding, for sure, on that. So you have worked with people in my methodology, equine gestalt coaching, and primarily clients who have been one-on-one personal situations that they want to process with you. And some of them have been what we would call an identity crisis. So is that fair to say that some of your EGC that you're working today, that you have clients who come who are kind of women in what we call transition? 
Yeah, for sure. I would say that describes most of the people who do come for EGC. That tends to be the theme. So I love helping people really find the truth of who they are and find, you know, the answers to those questions of what matters to you. What are you, what, you know, what are your true values and, and, and the vision of what you want for your life? One of the hardest questions for people to answer that we ask is what do you truly want? Right. And slow their life down enough to say, I could ask myself that and what would be and It's a very heady process for sure. Now, when you say women in transition, I'm making an assumption. So correct me if I'm wrong. I'm going to say that includes moving clear across the country, right? To a totally new neighborhood. That was a transition or or empty nest or cancer treatment or almost anything, right? Any kind of, even just, you know, hardships and, you know, sometimes it's people who've had great losses in their life, those types of thing where you just kind of all of a sudden have to figure out who you are again and what, how to move forward and what's going to, you know, bring back the meaning and the joy and the purpose in your life. Yeah, there just are times. And if any of our listeners now relate to this or have maybe a friend you had lunch with and you think, oh my gosh, this is exactly what they're going through. Our process does a lot to help people figure that out, how to pick themselves back up, put the pieces back together, really take a look at how something happened, not the why, because that just puts us in our head, really the how, how, how has my life ended up here where I'm standing in this moment? And how do I make the most of myself, my learning from the situation, and my feelings to go forward in the highest and best possible way? Now, I ask all of my interviewees, did you have horses when you were a kid? I did. I was very lucky. We lived in the woods in New Hampshire when I was elementary, middle school. And so I started riding when I was about I was nine. And my instructor knew some folks who had a pony, a a wonderful 13-2 hand Chincoteague pony that had had a career doing hunter jumpers and but her her rider had outgrown her and grown up and onto her life. And so they basically gave slash lent, but in my mind, you know, she was my pony. <laughs> With the understanding that when whenever we were when I had outgrown her, when if we could no longer keep her, that she would go back and, and retire the rest of her days with them. So I had Penny, Pennywise, for a little over three years. And she taught me so much. And she was fantastic. And of course, in my mind, she's still living. <laughs> you know, her, because I yeah. was young too, and I had my first horse, the same thing. She's lived forever. She'd be yeah. 100 years old now, but they mm-hmm. live. <laughs> and they're so fantastic as teachers for children, you know, mm-hmm. for us. Right. from patience to boundaries to on and on and on, mm-hmm. right? All how to stay on, how to fall off, <laughs> all that stuff. There's yeah. no one around to boost us up on their yeah. back. The things I, I will call you back for another podcast. I want to do one called Lucky to Be Alive. And those are, oh, oh my gosh, I have stories. Kids. Oh yeah. my gosh. <laughs> your life stories for sure. For sure. Yeah. And so then your horse career, of course, moved forward quite a bit. Um, I'm going to jump to presently. Uh, wh- who do you have on your farm today? Like, who are your equine partners now? Well, I have 
at the moment, six horses, three of whom came with us from Colorado. So you've met Bella, my, my sweet Bella, and she's retired now. She, does, she's, she doesn't um, do any more lessons or riding, but she's wonderful for all the unmounted work we do and the coaching, and she's just a you know, beauty on the farm. I have Jade, who is my, my sole horse, who's 21 now, and I got her when she was a foal. So she was really sort of the, um, the pivotal moment for me in my life when I started to depart from my upbringing and sort of the old school dominant based world of horses into a whole different type of connection and partnership with horses. So she's been, she's taught me so much in the last 20, 21 years that we've been together. And then I have Sasha, who I, I got just a, I think with a year before we moved out here, he was another foal who came from one of uh, Anna Twinney's foal gentling clinic. Yeah. And he's just turning 10 this uh, probably next month. And he is just absolutely magic. He is just magic. I have a 31-year-old mini that we took in not long ago. And I have another little quarter horse mare named Zuzu, who's a blast. And I have another horse who, who, who may, um, may find a new owner. You know, I said in a podcast a while back, statistically, the average horse has seven different no. human partners in their yeah. lifetime, seven different, right. which is a heartbreaking it statistic. Is. And I think those those of us who, especially the people who have gone through my program and programs like Anna's, really advocate for people finding the right yeah. fit and then making that commitment and, and keeping these animals for better, for worse, like what you're doing with, you know, some of your older horses, me as well, mm-hmm. just because they can't be ridden or any of that. They make a gorgeous pasture ornament and they're a wonderful friend and a great yeah. confidant even a guard horse for the property a lot of times because they'll right. let you know if something's happening. We have yeah. one on our farm right now who belongs to Amanda, who's caretaking for us. And she's 35, I believe, this year. She's an older girl. But she makes so much, what do I want to say besides like entertainment on the property? She's a foot <laughs> and a half. She's so much character. Yeah. She keeps everybody oh. in line. Yeah, that's like eye on everything. So it's fun. Our little little 31-year-old miniature, his name is Mifflin. And he won't, we just let him out. He just wanders around the yard and, the, you know, he's, he goes and visits all the other horses in the pastures. We do have borders here as well. So we have um, like a, a nice little variety and they're kind of spread out. And yeah, it's wonderful having all of these personalities. Absolutely. Absolutely. This, it's a community of horses that, you know, really makes it fun. You're also in my equine facilitator course this year in 23. So you'll be finished with that in December. But because you're a graduate of my EGC, you can actually start doing workshops pretty soon. And so walk me through what your consideration was of doing that. What do you what do you hope to do with that workshop facilitator program? I'm super excited about this program, Melissa. And I, I get because Chestertown is kind of a little bit of a destination area, people do come in on weekends and come down. We're we're an hour and a half from from Philly and DC and Baltimore, and we're not, we're only like three hours from New York. So we, we get a lot of tourists and then, you know, we get a lot of phone calls for people who want trail rides. 
And and we don't we don't do that. So I like to offer things for groups and families and people who want the experience of being on a farm and being with the horses and interacting and doing something with their friends that they're here with or their family that they're here with together. So I think that's going to be a wonderful, you know, having that repertoire of um, just so many fun, different activities to put together for people. Very definitely true. And you've raised your girls, but, you know, I, I recently did one with a family and the two sons were always having mom and dad support them at their football games and their baseball games and their basketball games. And the family tended to go to like a lot of sports stuff but drew a line for their daughter who was 14. She wanted a horse and they were like, oh, we travel a lot and we're busy and really can't have a horse and not sure riding lessons are the right thing for you. But they chose bringing him out for one of these workshops so she could have a day for the, with the family, with the boys included, to focus on her passion and what she wanted to do. And they had an incredibly good day, really heard her, really saw her. She got to be kind of the smart one of the family because she knew the most about horses, more than her mom and dad and more than her brother. So it really empowered her. And now a few months later, she is taking lessons. I know and you know she's going to be working on them, them to get a horse for sure. So I'm sure uh-huh. she's working. I love that. Wow. That's and, such a nice way for a family to honor what their horse-oriented kid wants to do, right? Yeah, right. It's a whole world that most of the other family doesn't have the familiarity with most, you know, often. Yeah. So it would be neat to do more of those just with some of the other kids. I have a, I have a handful of kids here that ride. And, and so, yeah, that's neat, neat thing to be able to offer. Well, I remember when you were a student in the Equine Gestalt program that one of the things, and I do even more of it now, but one of the things that I brought to bear was something I had looked at for 25 years prior to that in my career and had lectured on all around at Equine Affair and all the different expos around the country. And that was the energy fields of horses and the energy fields of humans and how they come together and what they mean and what we're talking about. And in the early days when I was doing this, literally like in the 80s and 90s at these expos, to drop the word chakra was shocking. And So I would say if I was standing in Dallas, Texas, or standing in Cleveland, Ohio, I would say, well, I'm from Boulder, Colorado, which is 25 square miles surrounded by reality. And we look at the chakras of horses and the chakras of humans. I did a lot of early education of people with horses around what are chakras? Why do we care? How do they relate to the human body? And of course, then I did a lot of it with teaching how to do the gestalt work as well. So I have some amazing posters on horses and chakras, lots of good stuff to share around it myself. And this year you asked me to read your new project, which is your book you're writing, Riding, R-I-D-I-N-G, Riding with the chakras. And I couldn't be happier, Christina. I have read your book and it's in manuscript form right now, due out in the fall. I've read your book right away from the very first chapter. You lay out such a readable, receivable, understandable way of describing what you witnessed 
when one of your students was struggling with a horse, you got on the horse and were very mindful going through all of the body energies and coming together with it, that I think it will pull your readers right in to saying, I want to know more about this because absolutely we affect them so much. We're sitting with our Kundalini, which is when we put horses on our, when we put people on our horses for the Gestalt work, uh, sitting bareback with handlers on each side, they're dropping all the human energy right down into the heart of the horse. The horse gets a very clear reading of what's going on. And I remember your eyes lighting up. And of course, you went on to study uh, way past me on, on with other people as well. But I am jazzed about your book. I hope you're very proud of yourself bringing this book to market. Well, that means so much to me, Melissa. Thank you. And, you know, it was kind of a shocking revelation that I had when I realized, because it was not something that I had been fully conscious of and intentional about. And when I finally, you know, it dawned on me like, oh, I'm using my chakras when I ride. And I just thought, why have I not been doing this with that purpose and intention and sharing it with everybody in this way, because it just makes so much sense. I was all about, you know, grounding and centering and being congruent and being authentic and being aligned and all of those pieces. And it was just this one particular moment that I had this aha of like, oh, the chakras. Wow. This is an amazing tool set for people to connect with their own energy in a way that is aligning with the language of the horses that is pretty remarkable. So I just in this instant had a vision and a clarity around bringing this program to to riders in a way to help them connect first to themselves so that they could then connect to their horses. And there's such a nice movement that I'm feeling and seeing in so many parts of of the horse world right now that's really beautiful and exciting where people are saying, yeah, you know, I want this deeper connection. I know it comes from me, but I don't really know, like, how do I do that? And so this is this is a way, you know, chakras do have this just stigma of being such woo-woo. And I, and I want to help just dispel that and bring that into our understanding of, you know, actually it's kind of the way the universe works. You know, we are energy and this is how, how it is in our bodies. And this is all these different parts of our own in, inner landscape, our psyches are. And, and when we have that awareness and when we learn to have more domain over our own selves in a way, it's it's what makes us come into our own wholeness and that translates in so many ways. Touched by a Horse offers three comprehensive programs giving you the ability to have the career you've always dreamed about, working in partnership with the magic of horses. Our equine facilitator program provides you with the skills to build a thriving business hosting group experiences with horses. Our equine gestaltist program prepares you to open your own private gestalt practice in partnership with horses. And our master equine gestaltist program builds your gestalt skills both in and outside the round pen. 
All of our programs include in-depth live classes, business growth training, and a supportive community of herd members to collaborate with and learn from. Visit our website at touchedbyahorse.com to learn more about which program is right for you and your healing herd. I just can remember, you know, talking about it being more in the woo-woo side. I'd be standing wherever I was. And, you know, 25 years ago, the word chakra wasn't as well known as it is today. And and help people by saying, wait a minute, <laughs> go back to your early classes in high school. When people were talking, your instructor was talking about how everything in our world is made of energy. And if they had a microscope strong enough, they could shoot a steel beam that I remember it being above my head in my science class at that steel beam and show you that the moving molecules are all moving around inside that beam. And that makes it inorganic. It moves really fast in the organic, right? The plant and the animal and, and in our bodies and housed inside, which is what I say in all my podcast that I did for horse and rider this year, housed inside our physical body, they're going to be bumping into each other, which creates a vibration. There's nothing woo-woo about it. It's biochemistry, it's science, it's physics, it's all, it's how the universe and what it's made of is energy changing form into different types. I, I was, I thought of you the other day because I was in an antique store and I found these little volumes of a book that was written in 1918, and it's the laws of thermodynamics. And that's what my father was a genius in, in his career as a professor at Arizona State on thermodynamics. And in there, it's the early, I'll have to share them with you when I, when I see you, because it's the early writing of what you're bringing to market, what I've been talking about for 30 years of how important it is for people to understand the transmission of energy and how that, you know, how that all comes together. So good on you to translate it to the riding and horses everywhere will be very grateful <laughs> if we can get the awareness of the rider to have it between their ears and to be thinking in the way that this book helps them understand. And I agree for you, it was kind of the epiphany and then what do you do with it? And what you're doing with it is, I think, going to help the readers understand how to apply it in real time while they're with their horse and make it, it's going to make it simple. So they're not saying, well, oh, what am I feeling? They're going to actually be able to translate it and move it from parts of their body to other parts of their body. It's brilliant. It's really well done. So good on you. And that book will be out. What, what do you think? Fall of 23? I'm hoping yes. I'm hoping yes. Yeah. Good. And they'll be able to find it on airyhillsstables.com. And you will definitely be able to find it in my store at touchedbyhorse.com. Soon as that book is in print, it will be carried in our store for sure. I think it's going to be a lot of fun for, for everyone to read it and, and learn more about it. Great. Yes. And then there'll be a workshop component that will be offered as well for people who want to go deeper and have some experience in going through deeper learning and how to bring that to the horses. And yeah, it really lends itself very nicely to workshop that can be incorporated into all types of different practices. Right. Uh, other riding instructors will probably be reaching out to you to 
learn it for the, you know, to put it into their lessons with people as well. So it's going to be fun to watch this. I'm going to have you come back on another interview in a year and we'll just see how this is all unfolding as the, as the oh, is great. happening. So that'd be really fun. Um, I look forward to that. Yeah, anything else you want to personally say to our listeners of this podcast? And, and I, I, I want to say one thing while you're putting your thoughts together around that. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you to hope through horses. Hope Through Horses is a 501c3 nonprofit that supports all things TBA, as she says, all things touched by a horse. And so if you get a chance to go to their website and see the great work that they do, one of which is being a partial sponsor of our podcast. And Dane and I will be back together in the next one. We're rolling through some understanding of some of the horse and rider material that came out in print back in February and uh, looking forward to that. And you can reach out and send emails to me for ideas in this podcast, M-E-L-I-S-A at touchedbyahorse.com. Christina Stinchcomb, Airy Hill Stables, anything you'd want to say to our listeners who are wondering if our method is one that would assist them in healing what may have happened to them in their life or things they've experienced in their life, or as you say, in transition. What would you want to say? Well, I am so grateful that I am a graduate of the AGC program and Touched by a Horse. And there's really nothing like being in this type of supportive collaboration between coach and horse. And when you combine that with, you know, just a little extra serenity and beauty on, uh, you know, on a setting that's just uh, enhances all of that, it's, it's powerful in and of itself. There's medicine in and of, you know, coming here and almost sitting and doing absolutely nothing other than just being in that space. <laughs> However, there's just uh, multitudes of ways that you can find healing and growth and and more joy and love and light in your life through being with these incredible animals too and also with the fun and the and the and the insights and the learning that come along with it all so absolutely <laughs> absolutely for sure yeah for sure they have so much to share with us and uh, our coaches are well trained to to translate to connect and to bring you into wholeness with the horses. If you're looking for a practitioner, please go check out Airy Hill Stables and Christina Stinchcomb if you're on the East Coast. If you're looking for one somewhere else in the country, you can go to our website to our banner that says find a practitioner and they'll be glad to uh, have a map that shows you exactly where they're located. Or you can reach out to our office at touchbyhorse.com and we'll link you up with somebody that meets your specific needs. Actually, where she lives in Chestertown, I would plan to make it a really great, fun trip this summer to that beautiful part of the country and um, check out Christina and have a session with her as well. Thank you, my friend, for being on with me today. Thank you so much, Melissa. So fun to hang out and chat. (laughs) See your beautiful face. Thanks, everybody. Everyone, bless me. Thank you for listening to the Touched by a Horse podcast. If you'd like more information about anything we've talked about on the show today or our certification program, please visit our website at touchedbyahorse.com. That's touchedbyahorse.com. Or contact our office by phone at 303 303- 
440-7125. Also, be sure to keep up with us on social media. We're at Touched by a Horse on both Facebook and Instagram. See you around the barn and on the next episode.